Welcome to Design is Everywhere, the weekly podcast from the Design Museum. I'm your host, Sam Aquilano. I'm the founder and executive director of Design Museum Everywhere. Every week on our show, we tackle a different element of design and explore how it impacts our world. We always have the help of a new guest co-host who's an expert in their field, and together we interview a guest about their work in design, because design is everywhere, and so are we. This week, we're talking about developing a brand for a community and how good design can break down barriers and encourage people to seek out support. Joining us today as guest co-host is Nadia Hussein, design director for Trollback and Company, and our special guest is Maria Carolina Simon, a board co-chairperson for Mixteca, a Brooklyn community-based organization addressing health, education, legal needs of New York's Latin American immigrant community. Together, they worked on a new brand identity for Mixteca, and so we're gonna hear all about that process. But before we dive in, in some news from the Design Museum, I just wanna make sure everyone knows about Design Museum Magazine. This is our quarterly publication about design's impact in our lives. I know if you like this podcast, you will love Design Museum Magazine, filled with articles and case studies from design thought leaders and change makers of how they're using design to change the world. We've had a lot of different cool thematic issues, including exploring how design and policing intersect, talking about healthcare design, changes in the workplace, all kinds of stuff around design impact. We've got some great issues coming up around education and climate change. So check it out. You can subscribe or become a member to receive Design Museum Magazine mailed right to your door every season. You'll also get the digital edition that looks great on your devices. Check out designmuseumeverywhere.org and click on Magazine. And with that, onto this week's topic, creating the brand for a community. We hear a lot about brands now our own brands or the brands of companies, but what does it look like to brand for a community? How do you do that? Last year, New York-based branding and design studio Trollback and Company designed an eye-catching, culturally resonant and memorable communication identity for Mixteca, a nonprofit organization that supports Latinx immigrants in Brooklyn. Together, the design team and organization collaborated to bring Mixteca's mission to the forefront. I'm excited to chat with our guest co-host this week to learn more. I'm joined by Nadia Hussein. Nadia is design director at Trollback and Company. She's an artist, creates visual identity and attribution systems for major brands. Prior to Trollback and Company, she worked as a motion designer and animator. Now she is the leader and part of the creative team behind the brand identities of Mixteca, Comedy Central, FX series Mrs. America, and much more. Nadia's designs define tactics that help brands uncover their unique look, tone, and feel. Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sam. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I'm really excited about this topic. But maybe we could start, I mean, because one thing we've talked about on the podcast before is people think of brand and they think of logo. But you and I know it's so much more than that. So can you even define what brand identity is or means for our listeners? Like when you think about your own identity, like who you are as a person, it's sort of like the same, but like doing it for a company or or person or an organization, you know, like it is who they are in their essence. It's defining those sorts of things in, in words and in visuals. And so I think it's, it's a lot more than just a logo and a color palette. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious how you, I, I want to get into your process, like a new project, whether it's a community or a company or a nonprofit, you know, how do you kind of sit down and it seems like you have to absorb a lot and translate. What does that look like for you and the team? 
Well, I think that the process really starts with listening, um, listening to our client or, you know, whoever we're working with and, and, you know, meet with everyone who interacts with the brand on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, we want to ask questions and be curious. You know, we want to try to learn their culture um, and identify their goals and who they want to reach, how they want to speak and how they want to come off and, you know, take those findings and then like translate them into a system of words that sort of expresses, oh, this is who we are, and then take those words and translate them into visuals, which can be very subjective. But I think that there's there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach visuals, but I feel like it's really, it does come back to that empathy and really understanding who the, the, the organization is. I'm curious, is it different or a different process designing a brand for a community. Again, thinking that like a community is like this very amorphous thing that, again, you can't really touch versus say branding for like a product or something that's like a company. It's it's a little bit more tangible. Are there differences there? It's interesting because for me, it was actually, it was more challenging in the sense that it wasn't a tangible thing, but I do work with a lot of entertainment brands, which has a similar, like they're very emotions driven. So I think that it sort of translated super well because it was really trying to find the inspiration behind the ethos of Mixteca. And it was not hard to do that because they're such a strong group and they really know who they are. Yeah. Tell us about them and how how did you initially get involved with Mixteca? You know, we had a contact uh, of, you know, somebody who knew Trollback and, you know, we kind of connected that way who, who was at Mixteca. We decided, you know, it was the summer of 2020. It was a little bit, you know, slow. And, you know, we were like, well, why don't we do some more some work with a nonprofit and and uh you know so mixteca was just sort of like we 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 found each other <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> um and you know it was it was great it was like did their in, the intake and we asked them questions about their culture and their goals and who they wanted to reach and and we came back with like you know they're warm and they're welcoming and they have a really passionate internal culture. And so it was like, it wasn't hard to get into it. I'm curious if you could describe, and, and, and we're going to chat more in the second segment, but what do you think they were looking for when they approached you? Like they have a brand identity that they want to improve or like what were their goals coming to you? I think they wanted an update to their brand because I think that they're old brands sort of didn't reflect who they were. You know, they were, they've been in the the community for 20 years. They're a really Mm. stable force and, and they, you know, they're a strong pillar of the community. So it it was sort of this, let's update our brand to make it feel more, reflect who the people are there today. That was, it was really like about that and reaching more people they wanted to reach and speak to more Latinx immigrants and, and, even go beyond Brooklyn, I think like that's a, I think their future is, is bright now, you know, like seeing they really wanted to help immigrants achieve their goals. They wanted to like foster more relationships in the community and, you know, they wanted to serve as a model for immigrant empowerment and, you know, they were doing all of that, but I think that they, they wanted to just have a a visual identity that really expressed that. 
let's talk about the actual identity. And this is my favorite part about being a design audio podcast. So can you paint a picture for our listeners of what the final product was? And then I want to get into again, like, how did you get there? I mean, I think the thing I think of immediately is like roots, community, but like strong, stable, and then like vibrant. Like those are all, and like energetic, I guess that's another way to put it. They're confident, they're proud, they ha- they f- they're empowering. Like, and I think that that, all of the assets in the brand really reflect that um, from the patterns to the colors, um, to the fonts and, and even the logo, you know, the logo was reinvented to be really strong and bold. And, you know, the colors were meant to be vibrant, just like the people, you know, and, and everything was sort of meant to sort of be more dynamic and making it feel super inviting so that you really just want to be there. Can you describe the logo? Like what's, what's it look like? Well, it's a really bold condensed sans serif and it's pink, very pink. And I think that the pink, it's interesting. Like we, we went back and forth on the color of the logo and we wanted to sort of embrace the like feminine power that Mixteca had, like there's so many powerful women there, like so many like wonderful women. And, and so we wanted, you know, how do we sort of juxtapose this strong, like make it feel like feminine, but not strong. And I think that's like where the pink came from. I love the logo. And I, I feel like one of the things we, that was really important was like, how can we make this stand out in a flyer or on social media or on the website? Like, we want people to sort of gravitate towards it and we want it to be eye-catching. And that was like really the the main idea. Yeah, one of my favorite also nerve-wracking moments from the design museum was we actually did our branding process uh, with a company named Continuum and we did it all in public. Because my sense, you know, when starting the museum was that, you know, people might know the final product or the, everyone knows the logos and brands, but they don't get to actually see like how these things happen. So we actually put all the concepts out publicly every week. Oh, wow. And people actually (laughs) gave us feedback. (laughs) How was the feedback? It was harsh. It was very rough. Yeah, there were moments when I was sweating because part of it felt like we had to go with something, right? We actually had to have a positive ending to this. But you and I both know there's like so many offshoots and not failures, but, you know, concepts you didn't go with. And ours was just very public. So two questions on this. I'm curious where you went in the design that actually didn't end up in, you know, the final. And then what's the feedback process like, you know, with, with the client in this, in this kind of thing? Like, how do you, particularly folks who, you know, may not be trained designers, if you will, you know, how are they like articulating their feedback and you incorporating it? That's a really great question. I think, you know, we, when we went through the the feedback process and just the first design rounds, we were very clear on like what we were going to show and like what the goals were for each round. We take their, the brand strategy and we say, these are the pillars and your purpose and why you exist. And, and, uh, you know, and then, then we take that and we give them a few different sorts of looks they could have. And, like which one is resonating more sort of asking them those questions. And, and, you know, one of the um, directions was a a lot more 
elegant, like in a, I mean, I think that what we have now is elegant, but it's, it's definitely more like vibrant and dynamic. And, and we had a couple directions where they were, had softer color palette and like a serif typeface, um, and more like illustrative elements. And so like, do we want to come off more elegant or do we want to come off more, um, you know, strong, bold, vibrant. And, and so, you know, that, so it's, it's sort of like giving them a range of feelings, um, within the sort of ethos and the brand values they, they have, um, which is, was a fun process. And every step of the way, we sort of let them know, like, this is what we'll be showing you. And this is why it's important, basically like sort of eliminating subjectivity just so that it would be helpful for them to, to make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Similar follow-up question of that is it's like, again, thinking back to my process for the design museum with this, it's like, it feels like you're picking out an outfit that you have to wear every day and you could never change. I mean, you can update your brand and it's happened many times, but it does feel like such a big decision. That's a really great way to think about it, actually. Like, and I think that that comes down to like, you have this outfit, but like you have your accessories. So like the, the tools that we give yeah, what them, does that mean? well, like for example, we gave them a, a, a color palette that was able to be used in so many different ways. So it, there's variety. We knew they were going to be making a lot of uh, flyers and social media posts and stuff like that. And they, they wanted a lot of tools to create new, interesting things. So we, the color palette is very expansive. We also have a bunch of patterns that we gave them that I feel like they've activated so well. And I, I really love, like, it's sort of like having the outfit, right? But then having different accessories with your outfit, depending on what the post is. Last question, I, and that's around that same regard. Are there things that you all do as designers to help them make that decision in a confident way in terms of like, this is my outfit and I'll be wearing it for the next 20 years. Help me feel good about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great question too. I, I think what we, what we did is we took some of the elements that they were currently creating and, you know, it was a lot of stuff showing stuff in context. Like this is how it will look on social media. This is how it will look on your website, on your app. It's a patient process in the sense that like you have to do a lot of versions of things um, and make it work for them. I'm going to keep going on this metaphor, but try it on, you know, and live with it, you know, for a little bit. Um, that's awesome. Thank you so much for going into that. And I'm really excited to, to learn more about the process uh, with Maria. So thanks. Listeners, to see more of Nadia's work, visit trollback.com. And yeah, stick around and we'll bring Maria into the conversation after a quick break. If you like this podcast, then you will love Design Museum Everywhere. It's a museum that comes to you wherever you are. That's right. Design Museum Everywhere is all about making design education and inspiration accessible to everyone. Become a member today and join a global community of design thought leaders and change makers. Everyone can be a designer. We can all appreciate and advocate for the transformational impact that design can have. Membership starts at just $3 a month and you get access to virtual Design Museum live events, discounts, and our Design Museum magazine sent right to your doorstep. Just go to designmuseumeverywhere.org to join today, and your name will be listed in our next issue of Design Museum magazine. 
which will be sent to Design Museum members all over the world. That's designmuseumeverywhere.org to be part of this global community. We're back and we're joined by our special guest, Maria Carolina Simon. Maria's 15-year career spans various management, sales, and business development roles. She has worked at some of the world's leading SaaS and digital media organizations. Currently, Maria develops DEI programming, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion, programming and partnerships to help clients advance diversity and equity goals. She's also the co-founder of Changing the Conversation. Maria serves on the board of directors of Four Mixteca. She works alongside Bo Bishop. She worked with Nadia and the Trollback and company team during the design process for the brand identity. So we're going to get even more into it. Maria designs to help advance and support individuals and corporate fundraising programs. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm so excited to get more into Mixteca and this brand. So to start, I'd love to hear it directly from a board member. Let's learn more about Mixteca. Yeah, what's the mission and how did you become involved with the board? Absolutely. So Mixteca is an organization in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. It's been around for 21 years. And for those 21 years, we've seek to enrich, equip, empower the Latinx community in Brooklyn and beyond. The organization was founded as a response to the AIDS crisis and how the Latin community wasn't getting a lot of support to deal with that crisis 21 years ago. And with time, it has evolved to a robust community organization that really supports the community around key pillars. So immigration advocacy, health, mental health, and empowering the community with things like job skills and skills that are going to help them thrive in Brooklyn. And we believe that if our community in Brooklyn thrives, then that has ripple effects everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how did you get involved? It's a great question. I, for a long time as an immigrant myself, I wanted to get involved with an immigrant organization and I could not find the right organization. I dabbled here and there. I volunteered different places. I volunteered to, through New York Cares. Um, I fundraised for a couple of different organizations and I could never find one that felt like home. And then one day through just an event that I was hosting in my apartment for the, organi- the other organization I co-founded, I met the former executive director who was the chair of the board at the time. His name is Rodrigo. And he heard me saying that one of my goals was to join the board of a nonprofit organization. And he said, hey, I know of one that you might like. (laughs) And so he said, come check it out, see what we're doing. And I was like, "Okay, great, I'll come check it out. So for Dia de los Muertos, I went to check it out. I have a nine year old daughter. So I took my daughter with me and we went to see the Dia de los Muertos celebration. And the minute we walked in, I was just so taken by how happy the community seemed, how they felt so much at home, a place that they all felt welcome and comfortable. They were doing these traditional dances. They had the Dia de los Muertos altar. It was so colorful. It was so beautiful. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to help this nonprofit organization grow and stay and do the work they're doing for the community. Yeah. That kind of community is just so, so important. Like we crave it as humans, right? And so it's just Sounds like a wonderful mission. I'm curious. I mean, creating particularly a a rebrand or a new brand is like such, feels like such a big decision to kind of change your look, change your whole being and identity. So 
What was important at this moment for Mixteca to say, it's time for a change, let's do something different? So I'll say that the process was so much easier because we were working with Nadia and her team, and they're so professional. So in that sense, we were lucky. We were working with the best in the business. I think if we had attempted this any other way, we will still be like brainstorming. Yeah, so, but why? But before we go into that process, like <laughs> why did, were you all like, we need this? We need to look different, feel different to our community. Yeah, so our logo was black and white. And it felt a little bit outdated. It, it had been sort of drafted and created 21 years ago. And it wasn't connecting with what Mixteca is today, with how the community has changed. And we also felt that it wasn't engaging. And we wanted to engage donors and the community a little bit better. So I think that was the impetus behind it. Like people will go on our website. They had no idea what we did. And that's not good for a nonprofit organization. Yeah. Yeah. I've said a few times on the podcast, right? Even going to like a doctor's website, right? Like you make these value judgments based on the look and feel of the brand on the website. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to this doctor. They don't have a good website. So for a community, I mean, you want to feel that warmth and, you know, familial vibe that it sounds like, you know, Mixteca certainly has for the Latinx community there. So yeah, it makes sense. It's like, you know, time for a, for a new brand. What was that like for you all, you know, kind of working with Nadia and the team? What were they sending you? How were you feeling as part of that process? Nadia, your team was very patient. I think that's the first word that comes to mind is how (laughs) patient you were with us during the process. Um, I think it was a really good process. It started with them collecting ideas and hearing from us what we wanted and what our vision was. And I really appreciated that uh, because I think they really wanted to learn what resonated and what was important to our community. Um, And they asked us about movies and artists and references that we liked and colors. And and I like that session was really important, but also a lot of fun because I actually, in my previous life, I studied fine arts. So for me to have the opportunity to, to talk about arts and design, I could do it all day. Yeah, yeah. I think it's what we call design therapy. (laughs) (laughs) It was design therapy. But then from there, I think it went on and it it was a nice process of collaboration. A lot of back and forth where we got input from the staff. We got input from the executive director, a few board members. Um, We had to fill out some very organized Google Docs, uh, like with ideas and suggestions and things we liked and we didn't like. And and I appreciated all that. I also appreciated that it was always very respectful and it always felt like very authentic, like Nadia and her team were never trying to impose on us, but it was more like they were trying to learn from us. So I always appreciated that during the process. I want to get into that sort of like inspiration board process because I think it is so difficult to translate brand values, you know, with a group of folks who, you know, you have a fine art background, but, you know, may not be so adept at visualizing feelings and visualizing those values. So I don't know, could either of you remember some of the stuff that was in there, whether it was movies or music or images that, you know, kind of led to where you did? I'm so curious because I think people might not even think about that as a way to start, but it's genius. There was a lot of um, like, uh, I I remember doing a a lot of like 
different sorts of mock-ups of like logo types. And then there was like different um, imagery, collage imagery and like fine art imagery. And, and, you know, we would, and, you know, one of the biggest, actually one of the biggest elements in the whole process was the mural on Mixteca has this beautiful mural on their wall, on the outside of their building. And, and it's, I mean, I feel like that was the number one inspiration for me. Um, if you're ever in Sunset Park, <laughs> take a look. Yeah, Maria, can you describe that mural? Because it sounds like a very important part of this. Yes, uh, it's a realistic style mural of a woman extending her hands out. Um, and it's surrounded by colors. So it's like light blue and it has some uh, Rosa Mexicana, which is the magenta type pink that we ended up adopting as our main color. And she's like reaching out to the community and then it has like different um, objects and maybe more people around it. I think about it exactly. But well, there's it- like a cityscape. And I think what I loved about it, and I, I feel like I love talking about art so much. And I, what this what it was is it was like a mixture of like tenderness and like warm and welcoming like vibes. But then it was also like so strong. So like that mixture is just like that. I'm like, okay, I understand. You yeah, know? you can. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that painting in my head of how that translated to, like you said, this, this you know, strong, um, you know, focus on women. Um, I mean, that mural sound that that's that that mural is one brand visualization, right, for Mixteca. And then it's like, how do you d- distill that into you know the more like you know visual logo and brand. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if you've ever been to Mexico or even like other places in Latin America, but I think what I miss the most being in New York is color. Everywhere where you go in Latin America is just colorful. The flowers are brighter, the fruits are brighter, and the houses are painted different colors. And even in Mexico City, um, if you're there around Dia de los Muertos, the whole iconography of Dia de los Muertos is gorgeous because it is a celebration of life in many ways so from the butterflies that come in that day to the papel picado which is like these beautiful like colors and there's always like a sensory overload of color and these juxtapositions of like different textures and stuff and I I think that was kind of what I wanted to convey throughout the process about the design inspiration is Immigrants who move to places like New York and especially around winter, we miss the color of our of our land. I'm actually curious, um, you know, what were the kinds of reactions you've gotten since you you introduced the brand to the community? So I think it's been welcomed by the community and everywhere. So we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the branding. The t-shirts, everybody wants a t-shirt because the t-shirts are beautiful. It's actually a t-shirt you want to wear. I was wearing mine yesterday and I felt so stylish. Um, I feel like, by the way, that is a brand like goal for people to have. It's like, if you want to wear the t-shirt, you've succeeded. Exactly. And I don't know if you know this, but we painted the inside of Mixteca with one of the logo patterns. So we got artists to come by and they spend time painting murals inside of Mixteca and it's really nice. So the square logo patterns are on the walls now. It's the same color patterns. And then we have some um, phrases to inspire immigrants on the walls. So it's like, you deserve education, you deserve health, you deserve to have your rights. 
Oh my um, gosh. I, I love that. I, I'm, I think that I, I'm, I follow you on Instagram. I follow mixed tech on Instagram and it's my favorite account to follow. I think that you all have done a fantastic job activating the brand. And like, that's so exciting to me. I can't wait till, you know, we're all vaccinated and I can come see the murals. Um, yes, please do. And I say I cannot take any credit for that. It's been all the amazing team that works so hard day to day at Mixteca. So all the credit goes to the Mixteca staff in terms of that brand activation. There's so many touch points for a community, right? Events, T-shirts, you know, even flyers and brochures, as you mentioned. How do you think this new design is going to help the community kind of feel like a community? I think the community, especially coming out of COVID, where the community has been hit really, really hard by this pandemic, um, not only health-wise, but socioeconomically, and it's been such a year of struggle, the community needs that happiness that comes from the like visual assets can have such an impact on how people feel and space can have such an impact on how people feel. So I think that happiness, that connection, it's going to help the community recover and find a safe place. But I also think is that it's just that now they'll recognize us and they'll associate us and they'll know that they can come to Mixteca for help with things that might not be the first thing that comes to mind. So whereas before they will come to Mixteca for OSHA training, if they needed OSHA training to get a job, maybe now they will come to Mixteca also for a painting seminar that's going to help them with their mental health. Or we do a lot of traditional arts and crafts seminars. And and I think having this very consistent brand identity is going to help people yeah, so you, th- you think it probably has improved brand awareness just overall, I would exactly. guess. Exactly. Yes, so yeah. that's the professional way to see it. Say it. That's improved <laughs> yeah. brand awareness. No, I, I love hearing about the actual like experiences that the community is having with Mixteca. That sounds amazing. And I got to think there's probably a lot of pride, right? When any community that you're involved in, you, you want it to look good, feel good. And it sounds like you all are implementing the brand in really excellent ways. I, my my only question was like, what's it been like working with the new brand? But I feel like you've kind of already answered that, which is great. Um, but if you have anything else you wanted to add. Yeah. Anything else to share in terms of how you all are using it to activate other parts of the organization? So I think another area that was really important to me as a board member and to the organization to be for the organization to be able to remain and grow was fundraising and the branding helped us a lot in designing a new fundraising hub. Um, And the fundraising hub looks beautiful and professional, but it also really tells the story of our community in a way that helps us connect with individual donors much better. That was really a part where we didn't, we were doing very disconnected things in terms of fundraising. We were doing campaigns on GoFundMe or direct asks. And then now we have a centralized hub where our donors can come and they can either do their own fundraising initiatives or they can just donate to different campaigns. But the mission is clearly stated. The colors are there. People will keep coming back and they will keep associating this organization with the work we do and with our community. It helped us streamline the way we're telling the community stories. So aside from working with the community, in terms of advocacy and engaging people outside the community to support our mission, the branding has been really helpful for that as well. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, again, if you're giving money to an organization, I mean, my mom always says presentation is everything, right? It's like, exactly. no one wants to give to an organization that isn't, isn't well-branded. When you talk to fundraisers, what kind of stories, or when you talk to potential donors, I should say, what kind of stories do you share about the impact Nixteca is having? That's something that we're always trying to improve. It's actually really hard to find a balance in doing it in a way that people can connect to it and really understand what our community is all about without feeling like we're being exploitative of mm, I hear you. the community. Because This is kind of a selfish question because I have to go to donors all the time too for the museum. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do that. So I hear you. It's, it's trying to tell the stories that are empowering. And I think the stories of transformation. So, for example, in our fundraising hub, the story we have is about a gentleman who came to Mixteca and he learned skills there. And then he went to open his own business. And then he also was tested at Mixteca for diabetes and he learned to eat better. And then he didn't have diabetes and he was able to then thrive and employ other people and give back to the community. And then he says, I have referred thousands of people to Mixteca. So that's the type of story is like really where your impact is. And that's what people want to see their money doing. Totally. It's so empowering. And like you're saying, it has the ripple effect, you know, through then the community. That's wonderful. Well, and I think that's also like an important thing when telling a story of a brand, you know, like those like human stories that really like connect emotionally with your community and like the people around you. Like that's, I feel like that's the best way to really get to people is just like really hear the personal stories. I think also with the pandemic, we've learned that we're also connected to each other. And when you tell those stories, those human stories, it helps people realize that if other people are not okay, I'm not okay either. So if some people... And that's okay. It's okay to be not okay because we're all in this together. Exactly. But if some people in my community in Brooklyn cannot get the vaccine, if they cannot thrive or stay healthy or have food on their tables, then we're all not going to be okay. It's like communicating using emotions. And I think that that's like... That's my favorite part of branding in general is just like having that empathy and just creating that bridge between understanding the community and like creating something that makes an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you feel it with this brand. So you all did a great job. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Last question. And let's, let's put it out to both of you. Maybe we could start with Nadia so we can end with Maria. But I'm curious, you know, for people who are listening, who are part of communities or run communities, where, you know, brand is so important because there's so many touch points. So maybe they're thinking about starting a community or they want to rebrand. What's your advice in terms of like, how do they get organized, you know, maybe before approaching a design team um, so they can make something like this happen? I think understanding your values um, and not necessarily brand values, but really like knowing the heart of who you are um, is even if you can't fully articulate it, just like understanding who, like, I think that's the wonderful thing about working with Mixteca is that like immediately I could feel that they knew who they were and that's, and they are. And that's, that's, I, that's like the, I think that's the heart of it. My piece of advice is invest your time and your skills into your community. And I'm really grateful that Trollbeck gave me this opportunity to really like dive into this. And I think, that's part of it too, is just like investing in your community in whatever ways you can. 
Yeah, there's a lot of heart in that. That's great. Maria, what do you think? Advice for other board members out there? I agree with Daria. Um, it's about, it always goes back to your why. If you don't know your why, everything is so much harder. If you know your why, everything is easier. So first of all, connect with your why. And then from there, just try it. You don't know what you're going to get until you try it. And then in terms of organizations, trying to connect with awesome people like Daria and teams like the team at Throwback, just ask. The worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no. But if you don't ask, you're never going to have that opportunity to get a world-class team do your brand redesign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, design can sometimes just feel so intimidating and it shouldn't. Um, and a good design team, which sounds like with Trollback, is patient and listening. And oh, it sounds like you all had a great process together. Thank you, Maria, for sharing. Thank you, Nadia, as well. This is such a fun conversation. Thank you. Listeners, to see more of Maria's work and about Mixteca, visit mixteca.org and we'll post a link. Okay, my favorite time of the week. Every week we share our weekly dose of good design, examples of good, thoughtful design that has been impactful to us or others in some meaningful way. I'll go first. So listeners know I'm still in the throes of my 50 book challenge. I'm going to read 50 books this year. I'm still on track. I'm in the middle of a great one, so I thought I would share it. It just came out about a week ago, and I'm like just devouring it. It's called, it's a novel. It's titled Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. He's the author of another book I love, which is The Martian. And all his books are super grounded like science. So, right, The Martian, uh, an astronaut is stranded on Mars. And I don't know, it's just extremely realistic, like the science that takes place to like keep him alive on Mars. Project Hail Mary is a little bit more science fiction, but the main character is a scientist. And so through his thoughts, you know, the author really explains like all the science that's happening in space travel. Um, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but there's an alien single-celled organism that makes its way to our solar system. It's kind of like spacefaring alien bacteria, and it's causing some issues on Earth. And so there's like this international effort to mitigate that threat and so there's a lot of science in there, a lot of space travel and problem solving, which I love and it's a lot of fun. So I'm halfway through, loving it. No surprise, just like The Martian, Project Hail Mary is gonna be a movie, uh, I think next year. Uh, and it looks like Ryan Gosling will star as the main character. That's not who I was picturing as the main character. Um, that's okay, I'll get over it. Uh, but check out Project Hail Mary, it's a great book. Okay, Nadia. What are you thinking about this week? Well, I actually have a couple of books, but it, I've, I've been rediscovering audiobooks recently. And uh, so I've been listening to them nonstop. I'm currently listening to two books right now that I'm finding really inspiring and just super engaging. Um, the first one is Memories, Dreams, Reflections. It's Carl Jung's autobiography. Strong recommend. Um, if you're a beginner to Carl Jung's philosophies, it's a great place to start. It tells a story um, of like how, how he came to believe a lot of his philosophies. And, you know, I, I never thought I could relate to someone who grew up in Basel in the late 1800s so much. <laughs> He's super self-aware and emotionally intelligent, so ahead of his time. 
And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm reading my the second book I'm reading is called The Parable of the Sower, um, which is actually also sort of science fiction. It's you know, it's a fictional dystopian novel by Octavia Butler. Um, also a strong recommend. Warning that it's definitely pretty dark. Um, but I think that I'm also amazed at how ahead of her time she was. You know, she she writes about this dystopian future in the 2020s, and it was written in 1993. Um, and it's, you know, her her writing is so incredibly emotionally intelligent, and I I just can't put it down. I'm actually, I just finished it, and I'm on to the, the third one, The Parable of the Talents. Oh, there's multiple. So, I'm into this. I, yeah. I need books. I mean, so <laughs> I got to check all of these out so I can meet my goal. Those both sound amazing. Thank you. And I'll say, listeners, uh, if you have a great weekly dose of good design, send it to me. I have to come up with these every week, and I would so much rather share your weekly doses. So feel free to tweet or share your ideas, what you're thinking about each week with me on Twitter at Sam Aquilano. Thanks so much for being here, Nadia. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great time. That's our show. I want to thank again, Nadia Hussein and Maria Carolina Simon for joining us. What an awesome conversation, great organization and project. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll post links to Trollback and Company, Mixteca, and some of the other resources we discussed today on our episode page. Visit designmuseumeverywhere.org and click on podcast. By the way, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, rate us. That's so helpful in terms of other people finding the podcast. And we just, we love to hear from you all. So let us know what you think of the podcast. You can always find the latest from Design Museum on social media. On Twitter, we're at design underscore museum. And on Instagram, we're at design museum everywhere. We're also on LinkedIn and Facebook. And we have an awesome e-newsletter comes out every week, usually on Tuesdays with all the news of what's coming up from Design Museum and events. So you can sign up for that on our website as well. This episode was written, edited, and produced by Amor Yates with production assistance by Ryan Flom. Editing support by Emily Roberts. Our theme music is Orange Sunset by One Wave. From all of us here at the Design Museum, thanks for coming, and we'll talk again next week. <laughs>